0: Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning.
1: This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She
0: comes at Molyneux.
1: Catch is taken by
2: Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth... World Cup title, in front of a magical crowd. Hello and West. welcome
1: to the Scoop. We are the Cricket Podcast dedicated to the women's game, brought to you today by Qantas, the Spirit of Australia. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And joining LJ and I on the show today from Dublin is Annabelle Sutherland. So Belsie Belzy chats to us all about the ashes, um, and it's all done, all wrapped up. Australia are coming home with the trophy, but series level at eight points apiece, LJ, which seems pretty incredible after we were walking out of Edgbaston with its Aussies with a 6-0 lead for England to come back and even the series.
2: I don't think many people would have predicted it. You know, that, that first T20 was close But it did feel like Australia had been fairly comfortable chasing that target. It felt like they were only going to get better from there. Uh, But the the Aussies weren't able to click really across either of the white ball series. England kept coming and it ended up just being a, a really exciting finish,
1: didn't it? It was really exciting. I mean, like if you look broadly, like great for cricket. Great fit cricket in England. The crowds were amazing. The English girls were up and about. But the Aussies, understandably flat, um, and they said they didn't play anywhere close to their best cricket, which you have to agree with. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. What do you think? let them down.
2: Uh, Well, as the Aussies said, I think they were quite open about it. Anytime they spoke to the media, they didn't really click in any facet of the game. The fielding definitely improved a lot after some um, pretty sloppy performances to start the white ball stuff. Bowling also improved out of sight um, after some early huge issues with wides. But still weren't able to really contain England. Mm. And then with the bat, it was, you know, Beth Mooney and Elise Perry played some really important knocks, but it wasn't that sort of free flowing, high scoring approach that we're used to seeing from so many of the batters who got lots of starts. But I think there's one ton scored for the entire tour by an Australian, and that was Annabel Sutherland's ton from number eight in the test so it's not the kind of big batting performances we usually see from this team
1: yeah no one really seemed to fire with a bat which is very unusual famously deep batting order you can usually bank on someone somebody falls and like early on you can usually bank on somebody to step up but didn't really seem to happen do you think um obviously there's been a bit of change in personnel there's no meg lanning no Rachel Haynes. Do you think that could have played a part in adjusting to the new personnel around the team? Yeah, I think missing Meg was a massive thing. There's just – you
2: could have, you could tell in a couple of those really tough mm. white ball games that Meg pro- would more than likely have come out and done something incredible through sheer bloody determination to get mm. Australia over the line. So I think, you know, you take – probably the best batter Australia's ever had out of the team and yeah. You're losing a lot. And the fact that they do bat so deep kept them so competitive, helped them win in Southampton when yeah. Georgia Wareham hit twenty six runs off and over in a game they end up winning by three runs. So the the deep batting was still crucial. It's just they weren't getting the big performances from the big players that they're used to getting. Mm.
1: Do you think Australia will feel like they were perhaps lucky To even retain the Ashes? Yeah,
2: I think, um, you know, England had their own errors but Mm. definitely played a lot better. Dropped catches and and a few errors aside. Mm. Australia didn't play anywhere near their full capacity, still come home with the trophy, so they'll at least be gratified by that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look at the margins in those games. It could have gone either way. Australia could have got home in the game they lost by three runs and they get an outright win flip a few of those losses, it could have been a really different score line. So in that sense, maybe 8-8 is the fairest mm. way for it to end because it was incredibly even once you take out the
1: 89-run margin in the test yeah. and the 69-run margin in the last ODI. 69, geez. And aside from the on-field cricket, LJ, you've covered a lot of Ashes series, um, Home and Away. Where did this one rank in terms of bilateral series that you've covered? Far and
2: Away being the most exciting, uh, compelling, competitive well, series I've ever covered in eight years in this job. The teams were really evenly matched at times. Not the greatest mm. cricket at times, but also some amazing performances yeah. individually. Watching yeah. Natalie Sivers score those back-to-back hundreds was really special. What a player. Everything Ash Gardner did with the ball was special. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just after two really flat Ashes, which... You know, Australia won't complain. They'd love to win every Ashes 16-nil. But after two Ashes where England got one win across the two series, it was
1: really exciting to cover one that actually went down to the wire. Totally, totally. And the crowds were unbelievable. Like, I haven't been here before. Like, it's my first away ashes, but like going to venues like Lords, the Oval, Edge Baston, which were all full. And even all three of the ODIs, like England really showed up for their team, and it was just it's just awesome, just awesome to see and it clearly spurred on the England girls. Like they were loving it.
2: Yeah, it definitely helped create that wave of momentum that they seemed to ride through, through the series. Yeah. Kept them up when they were 6-0 down and, and you just look at the raw numbers. 32,000 people in total went along in 2019. Yeah. This time around, good scheduling, fan-friendly times, at big venues
1: and they had more than 110,000 people go. So good. But now ashes are wrapped up bring on the next one but before we go home we've got three one days against Ireland so we're here in Dublin I guess this is a pretty good opportunity for the girls to show what they're made of work on a few things and hopefully put some big scores on the board yeah it's a funny one it's um
2: often at the end of a tour like the ashes you'd go home and probably have a few months to stew over what (laughs) didn't quite go right and to analyze things and I think Annabelle Sutherland says when we speak to her later in the episode that this is one that we'll continue to sting for a while but mm. in one sense they've got a chance to try and put a few things right against Ireland over the next week there's some really good positive performances out there and it's really exciting for Irish cricket you know this is the end of a, a very long tour for australia and they've in a sense got to get themselves up and about again after what happened in the ashes but for irish cricket this is them welcoming australia for a one day series for the first time since 2005 this is this is huge for them and they're, they're absolutely stoked to get their crack at taking on the world champions.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. So we've got the first three one-days starting on Sunday.
2: We are assured that it will be available to watch either on Fox Sports or ICC.tv. I think a few things are still being worked out, but it will be available to be watched in Australia somehow. So stay tuned. Yeah. And there's some really exciting players in the island side. Um, Ola Prendergast caused some big problems for the Aussies in the warm-up match in Stellenbosch earlier this year. She looks like an absolute jet, so um, she's definitely wanted to tune in to watch her go about her business.
1: How good. Yep, it's going to be a fun series. Um, as we said, all starts on Sunday. But for now, here is Annabelle Sutherland. Annabelle Sutherland, thank you for joining us here on The Scoop in Dublin. Um, Belzy, you've ticked off your first away Ashes Tour how did you find it?
0: Um, I think it lived up to all the expectations and more. Um, it was a pretty incredible series to be a part of. Taking the Ashes home, which is good. Obviously would have liked to have gone, yeah, a step further and, and won it. But um, I think, yeah, there were a lot of really cool moments throughout the whole thing. And it feels like ages ago that the, the Test match oh, was it? on. Um, <laughs> that whirlwind of a Test match. But, um, yeah, some lots of ups and downs throughout the whole thing, which was... Um, I think what you come to expect in an Ashes, which was cool.
2: Yeah, it was definitely full on um, and lots happened. Did you have an on-field highlight from the series? I think that
0: um, second last ODI, just given we were under the pump a bit and the way we came together as a group and I guess reflected on the the first ODI and made a few changes and I think we we just had a lot of fun out there in the field and I think that showed in the, the way we were able to fight it out and stick it out towards the end and just... Um yeah, it was nice and, and quite satisfying at the end to get that win given um, how much of a grind that whole fielding innings was and I'm sure everybody watching on the sideline felt the same.
1: Yeah, we'll touch on that match a little bit later, but what about off-field? Did you have an off-field highlight, Belzy? A couple. I was lucky enough to go to Wimbledon, which oh. was very cool. Win.
0: Um I went to the the men's semi, oh. so that was pretty fun. Um, Kept that one quiet. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. And which semi? The, both, both of the men's. Oh. Yeah, it was so oh good. God, yeah. Geez. So Al was my hot favourite for the final, so yeah. glad he got up. And what else? Wolf and I and, and my family, we went to Bruce Springsteen at Hyde Park as well. So a couple of um, <laughs> really touristy yeah. events oh my God. along the way, which was pretty That's cool. That's great. Um, <laughs> I think everyone loved being in London. Yeah, for that stint. totally. It was just nice to get get a bit of, um, yeah, tourist sites check, checked off and, um, yeah, the city was buzzing,
1: so it was nice to get in and around that. It's kind of like you you do you do your cricket, get everything done, but then it's like you've got a whole world to explore.
0: Yeah, it was great. And, I mean, the yeah, it's very easy getting around London with the tubes and stuff.
2: So I
1: think
0: yeah.
2: all the girls um, gave that a, a workout, which was nice. So good. And just looking back to Trent Bridge... Your first International 100 in a test, sort of the thing people like dream about their whole lives. Um, can you tell us a bit about that moment and what it felt like raising the bat?
0: Still pretty crazy to think about, um, just given, yeah, I mean, I knew coming in I'd probably be at seven or eight. So, um, you know, Shell said to me kind of before the, the game that you can have a great impact down there and obviously would love to be batting higher but given our order I can't can't get in up <laughs> higher at the moment but that's completely fine happy to have a spot in the team and she said you can make some pretty crucial runs so yeah I had that in my head I'd never thought it'd be <laughs> 130 odd but um there we were on on day two and um no I had some pretty good partners at the other end who um made the job nice and easy for me um I think Kimmy and Kingy in particular and then Ash on on day one in the last session when things were a bit tough and we lost some mm. quick wickets um we were able to to steady the ship a bit in that last session and Ash unfortunately lost it lost her wicket um quite late on day one but yeah it's obviously very special at iconic ground in england and um yeah to come away with the win at the end of the five days it was i think made it even more special
1: how'd you find the 90s uh
0: not too bad actually i was just cruising like kim and (laughs) i were having fun out there and um yeah i think the uh the england girls were quite tired at that point so it was nice just to keep batting and um put on a, a pretty good partnership with kim and um yeah make them
1: hurt a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and does performing and contributing to a test win feel like slightly different and did the celebrations have a bit of a like a more special feel in a way?
0: Definitely a bit more meaning to it. Um, I think yeah anytime I can yeah play a role and yeah do do my part for the team is is pretty special and um, I think the great thing about the test matches is there's so much opportunity for different individuals to to step up and perform along the way. so it was great that we were able to to have that across the board like Ashbold some incredible overs and uh, well and truly yeah kept us in the game and and won the game in that second innings uh to to take seven of the the 10 wickets was pretty special.
1: Belzy you mentioned that your family was there how special was it to have them there not only for the Test 100 but like there was a whole crew sort of throughout the series.
0: Yeah very cool I think everyone loved that and um Yeah, I think it's been a while since we've had a whole big group of family and friends on tour with us just post-COVID. It it hasn't really happened, so, um, yeah, really nice vibe to the group and I think everyone was able to get away and spend time with with family and friends, which was... Is always an important partner in a long tour, just um, getting some space and then um, enjoying each other's company. So, yeah, that was um, nice having my family there for bits and pieces of it and, yeah, always good to have the support there from
2: across the board in the group. And that test innings wasn't your only crucial knock. There was also the 50 in Southampton. Obviously such an important match. What was the the vibe around the group going into that game knowing what was on the line?
0: Yeah, I think the group was just excited to, um, I guess, show what we can, can put on, I think. Uh, yeah, the first game wasn't exactly how we wanted it to go and we knew we had... A few things to improve on across the board in in all phases of the game. So I think nice that, yeah, we got the job done and, geez we got it down to the (laughs) wire, didn't we, and um, made it tough for ourselves at different points. But, yeah, I think Pez had a crucial knock throughout that innings, just steadying the ship throughout that, that whole innings. And then, yeah, I think Ash... Myself and and Wolf were able to come in and
1: um, take the game on a bit, which was nice. We'll be back with Adam L. Sutherland in just a moment, but just dropping in here to say this episode of The Scoop is brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia.
2: Qantas is the official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly represents Australia on the
1: world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. And Belzy, before the match, you gave a nice little rev up to the group in the huddle. (laughs) Talk us through it. Like, does someone get the call up for every different match to say a few words before?
0: Yeah. So um, the team gets sent out, and there's a little uh, there's a little H next to the the name that has got the um, the pre match chat. H.
1: What's H for?
0: Uh, I don't actually know what H represents. It's Shell's idea. So okay. Shell just um, <laughs> comes up with um, the person who whoever it is has got to um, come up with something. I think. We've had jokes and quotes and motivational speeches from (laughs) Scotty Presswich, so yeah, I just came up with a little something to, to get the team going, just yeah mainly focusing on the, the basics and yeah focusing on I guess the now in the moment um not worrying about anything else so yeah I think it went down okay have to ask the group how where'd it went the down? info come from like <laughs> yeah. where did um I had dinner with my parents the night before so we were brainstorming okay. over across dinner of how we, how I <laughs> should go about it That's um, so good I but yeah practiced it and um yeah, got it all out without stuffing up, which Great was nice. Delivery. Yeah. Great delivery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, a bit of pressure delivering to the whole group.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think the cool. idea was yeah. that maybe um, maybe I'd be more, more nervous for that than the actual game, so to take my <laughs> take my mind off the game a bit. I think it went down well, and yeah, well, everyone's got to do it at some point, so nice to, nice to do it for that game.
2: Yeah, and so I guess you, with that out of the way, maybe you didn't have any nerves when you went out and joined Pez? Yeah, exactly. It was um, cruisy-as from then on. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: no i think um i just yeah anytime i can go out there with the bat there's still maybe 12 or 13 overs to go knew that i could have a bit of an impact if i yeah got a start so nice that pez and i could spend some time out there and um add to the score and then wolfie just came out and made us all look silly like <laughs> So good swinging and connecting with yeah some big big balls
1: what was the feeling like once you'd ticked off the W in that match at Southampton
0: yeah it was nice I think yeah obviously we, we'd we come we'd gone over to, to bring the Ashes home so mm. nice to get there and um, yeah obviously it was a little bit of a disappointing white ball series in general across both the, the T20s and one days but um, yeah at the end of the day we taking the Ashes home so we'll take that.
2: Yeah is that I guess that's got to be pretty satisfying even though you didn't get the outright win knowing you know it is hard to come over to England play seven matches you're in a different spot every day moving all the time it must be satisfying to make sure you're taking the trophy back home.
0: Yeah definitely I think um, yeah it was was a bit sweet in that that last game I think yeah it would be pretty nice to be coming away with 10-6 on the board but um, yeah that's all right and we know we've got areas we can um, we can improve on and we feel like we never quite got our complete performance out there on the yeah on the park in the white ball format so um, we feel like England played close to their kind of capabilities and and we weren't quite there so um, we know there's stuff to work on and um, yeah credit to England the way they they came out and took it to us Um, yeah it was a it made it a pretty exciting series to be a part of and um yeah hopefully an entertaining one for the the crowds
1: it was it was definitely entertaining belsey is it kind <laughs> of an odd one like england so england was celebrating and so you guys as you said were a bit flat because you didn't win the trophy do you think it's kind of because this team's in a unique position where there's been so much success and you're in a unique position where the expectations are just so high
0: yeah i reckon part of it is a little bit like that I think we hold pretty high expectations for ourselves which is a good thing I think Um, we strive towards yeah success and uh, yeah we've had a fair bit of that in the last few years and um, I think most of the girls in this group probably aren't quite Mm. used to losing (laughs) um, or losing series at least I think that's probably my first two series losses I've ever been a part of so um, yeah a bit of a different feeling to um, get used to and I don't think any of us enjoy the the feeling of losing and yeah it was just something different to kind of sit with and yeah I mean again credit to the, the England girls they deserve to celebrate the, the series win it was a it was a bloody good one day series to to be a part of probably one of the best I've kind of played in terms of the quality of the cricket and, and how close the all the games got so yeah, yeah I, I think it probably will sit with us for a while and sting a little bit for the next little bit but yeah the bonus is we've got a busy summer coming up ahead so um plenty of chances to To work on what, yeah, we want to and, um, yeah, I guess improve off the back of it.
2: Yeah, you obviously want to win all the time, but can sometimes being challenged like this be a good way to push the team even further forward in the long run?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think naturally, uh, um, yeah, you probably have to have a a bit more of a look internally um, when when you're losing or not quite performing as well. So uh, I think it's something we've done quite well over the um, last few years is, keep evolving as a group even as we've kind of succeeded along the way so um, I think naturally we're pretty pretty good at that and yeah quite good at um, being I think critical on our on ourselves and our game which is a good thing and um, yeah I think yeah no one will, will really take it lightly the last few weeks and kind of look at how our games went individually and then as a group as well where we can get better
1: beautiful Belzy, you've got a uh, kids cricket clinic to get to so better wrap it up there Belsie, thank you as always for joining us on the podcast always great to chat and go well in ireland
0: thank you appreciate it <laughs> thanks for having me